0: greetings to you all ladies and gentlemen welcome once more to another episode of the final four podcast which is brought to you proudly by Sha media and goat africa it is episode five of our season three and we are going to be going a little bit more philosophical and strategic in how we will be approaching our discussion today but i am your host Mpendo Lomakubane will be facilitating all of this but i am never alone once more we have our official guests the normal culprits that we normally have on every single show gentlemen mr msue Limboy, mk and
1: you even miss donkuli how are the gents doing after such a weekend i'm,
2: um, good. Good, man.
1: I'm good uh it was a great weekend of sports um and even outside of sports as well had a really great weekend so i can't Uh, complain
0: can't complain i just took my jab and i'm suffering the effects of that jab so mind the 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 voice of you know being scratchy but apart from that gentlemen since we are all good let us jump into this world of sports because this week we had such a fantastic race at the saudi arabian grand prix The newly built Cheddar Circuit brought some spills and drama, and it has set up such a beautiful platform for the last race going into Abu Dhabi with both league or both table leaders being equal on points. The English Premier League served some wonderful results, but still the top three remain the top three. How can the other teams break the barrier, and how can sports regulation maybe try to? Help out in equalising the gap between the bottom and the top. The basketball was also in play this week with the marquee match of the regular season happening as the Golden State Warriors take on the Phoenix Suns. Two games were played. Let's hear what the gents have to say about that. And lastly, Bafana Bafana. Unfortunately, if you guys have heard, they've lost that appeal to Ghana over of the, of the soft penalty. What are the implications of that between the two countries and South African football as a whole moving forward with Hugo Bruce in charge? Stay with us, Bafoetu, as we dive into all these topics. And as usual, we also want to hear your thoughts. But let's jump into the thoughts of our panellists with our first thing, which is the Formula One Bafoetu. What a great race we had yesterday. And all the shields and all the niceties were thrown out the window as the two league leaders or the two table leaders were just jostling out there but fair you, what were your thoughts
1: on that race let's start with you mr msueli let's hear what you have to say uh look um it's a new circuit so we did expect uh we didn't know exactly what to expect from the race um mm. and to have a race that exciting in Uh, in the first race in jeddah um it was a a really good one uh more action than we had actually uh thought would happen because you know we saw the circuits and we just you know there was no not a lot of places to overtake so we thought it was going to be a pretty boring race um Mm. where the person who starts on pole and depending on whether they get the first corner first uh they they'll probably have a cakewalk to it but Mm. yeah with the multiple red flags and Uh, safety cars and it was just an exciting race all around and uh my boy won at the end you know and he, now we're going to Abu Dhabi level on points so I think it's a real it's a great setup for the final race next week
0: were you ever in doubt at any point of the 50 laps that this gent was going to make it that gent being Lewis.
1: uh I was I was in doubt uh, a couple weeks ago um you know uh, i came <laughs> on the show and i did say ah, you know what i think the season is over um and you know he's come and showed us that legends find a way you know mm. and i'm just glad that he was able to do it within the race um i think there were some points when i wasn't when i wasn't sure uh, i mm. think the time when he was third behind ocon and verstappen you know yep. uh, yeah. i was like ah, maybe verstappen's just gonna break away and it's gonna be done but hey man still i rise still i rise still
0: he rose. and your boy max verstappen there mk you had a tough one uh, a very up and down one from qualifying so close to getting pole losing it in the last corner and then the race where there were so many shenanigans tell us more about the red bull story since we've heard the mercedes stories now my brother <laughs>
3: yeah i <laughs> I'm, st- I'm starting to sound like one of those broken recordings you know but um I think this weekend could end up be one of those um, season-defining moments Mm. for Max. I think he crumbled under pressure because um, the Red Bull was actually clearly faster this weekend Mm. uh, from practice and qualifying. Had Max just kept his nerve, he would have gotten pole and I don't think the Mercedes was going to be able to catch up with the Red Bull. Mm. <clears throat> but he went into the wall and then obviously that means things have to be changed um things have to be tweaked and then we saw that the car wasn't as fast on sunday because we saw mm. when uh they were both on the hard tire the the red bull was evidently a lot slower from the start and through the mm. race loose could pull <clears throat> before the safety car you know so <clears throat> yeah man i think i think the boy is just uh crumbling under pressure and for me it's sad to watch obviously one being a red bull fan and two um i think he's done so much this season to actually win it um mm. if you if you take like um if you try to recall the only reason this thing is actually even tight was uh when lewis crashed into him in england and then the other one was when bortez crashed into him i think it was hangley i don't remember well so mm. yeah now 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 oh, all that is cancelled, um, it all goes down to the last race and Lewis has that experience man to just take
0: Baba. it home. Why does it sound like you're putting the blame of RB's uh, wayward ending to the season to <laughs> Mercedes's incidents earlier on in the year?
3: Oh no, it's definitely Mercedes and um, the FIA's. <laughs> <Mercedes>. oh, wow, <laughs> definitely
0: <laughs> Mercedes,
3: definitely.
0: Some, oh, someone is contesting me, that someone is contesting that is it you boy was it boy?
4: no 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 not even i'm, I'm just i'm curious to hear what, what he's going to say Uh-huh. no i remember we had this
0: discussion on twitter you and i when i mk you're like no way uh that crash in, 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 in silverstone cost about 25 points the crash in hungary cost probably a second place so many things, but you can't... Okay, you know what? We're not even going to go back into yeah, that. It's it's, it's it's racing. It's racing. And it's speaking racing. about racing, yeah. um, so we, we saw an interesting race as well where, you know, Hamilton came through, but um, we saw two red flags happening, some virtual safety cars and some safety cars at the same time. So what normally happens is that when those things happen, so firstly, we'll speak about the virtual safety car. When the virtual safety car comes through, All the drivers must drive at around 40% of their lap time, meaning that the cars are significantly slower throughout the lap. Um, When there's a safety car, the cars go even slower than that, and they follow the lead of the safety car, which means that the drivers driving within the circuit at that time are way slower. Okay, and then when we go into the red flag, the race completely stops. So. When it comes to race strategy, this means that when the team wants to pit and they have pit stop, when they pit normally, the cars are still driving at their quick pace, meaning that if you stop, you're losing an X amount of time because the other cars are so fast. So the moment there's a virtual safety car and you decide to come in and pit, you're losing less time because the cars are driving slower. When you go into the the pit and change your tyres, whilst it's a safety car where the cars are following the safety car, the the pace is even way slower and you gain more time if you pit then because they are driving so much slower. And if it's a red flag, the rules allow you to change your tyres completely whilst the race has stopped so when the race restarts, you can start on a fresh pair of tyres. We saw Red Bull maximise that strategy twice. When there was a red flag, they changed to one set of ties, and when the second red flag they changed again after they decided to stay out when the pit window was open. So understanding those premises of that, do you think, gents, that it's actually fair to allow pit stops to happen during those phases of the race?
1: Uh yeah, I, I honestly do think it's fair. Um mm because it's, it's not something you plan for, you know? Mm. Uh, it's not part of your strategy going into the race that, mm. okay, we're gonna have some virtual safety cars, or we're gonna have safety cars or red flags, so let's go pit now, you know? And also, mm. it, it, it really, if you decide to use it at that time, um, depending on what it is, obviously, if it's a red flag, then you don't obviously go, like, all the way to the back of the circuits, Depend like, what, with what uh, Red Bull did, um, mm. instead of to build up that 20-second gap, they just got it. Uh, mm. So it, it, it works in your favor, yes, but it's not every team that's going to get it right. And it's not like it's a strategy you come into the weekend knowing you're going to use. So it's just the luck of sports. It happens in all kinds of sports, really, where mm. you have those lucky decisions on the day. So I really don't have a problem with it.
0: But, you know, Formula 2, they say that when those things happen, you know, you, you, you don't go into the to the pit, you 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 keep racing and keep i guess the integrity of the racing happening so wouldn't you want to eliminate those things and keep it to the team's a strategy to get it moving forward i don't know does anyone have an opposing view along those lines
4: no i personally i, I don't think so and, and i'm more inclined i'm more inclined to agree with what Fadela is saying there because mm. in, in as in as much as everything i mean think about it a situation where You're sitting on a red flag for (laughs) Formula One is a sport of minute, even Mm. 30 minutes, even five minutes. The very fact that in the red flag, you have the ability to cover your tires back in the blankets, whether you change them or not, those things make a significant difference because we know (coughs) higher temperature plays Mm. a massive role. So whether you're changing the tires or not, the very fact that you are able to put on a blanket to regulate the temperature Um, The mechanics can, you know, makes minor tweaks to the car. I I don't see it as a disadvantage. I don't see it as a negative in any way. And I think it's good for the sport. It Mm. promotes racing, promotes entertainment and value. And it's strategy, you know, it it keeps things moving, keeps things unpredictable. So I I think it's good for the sport. And I'm happy that things are the way that they are.
0: You know, because because personally me so i feel like it shouldn't be happening i feel like everyone should be racing like on common ground against the same time and against the same clock and not wishing on a stroke of luck for that to happen in such a manner uh, i can't even find an analogy to get to 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 go against that but it's a thing of now you're going to restart a race and All of a sudden where everyone else had stopped you basically gain a 22 second advantage give or take if you were ahead hoping for that thing to happen you'll stay ahead where in normal circumstances you'd be two to three places behind isn't that a little bit unfair on the people who actually kept on doing what would happen in a normal race situation
4: i think to be fair it's already unfair i mean the very fact that they've got very different cars different engines different budgets i mean it's already unfair so ah, look I I hear the argument I hear what you're saying but I I don't think that it would hold water that's just my opinion because Mm. it's 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 part of the sport it's the nature of the sport I don't know if if anyone else feels any differently
1: look at sports man the only thing that's unfair in sports is match fixing um besides that uh, you'll never find a sport where um everyone has a level playing field um Mm. Whether that's in development, whether that's now when you're part of like you know team budgets, etc., those things happen. So even during the the race, if you do get that advantage, then you get it. Some people choose mm. not to use it, so that's their, that's also their own choice. Mm. Yeah, what?
3: yeah, Jimmy's actually right. It's not always an advantage. I mean, did you you saw Red Bull change their tires mm. and basically came out a lot slower on those hard tires? Mm you know so i don't know so man. Ca- I don't- <clears throat> yeah sorry go for it
0: so the gamble didn't work
3: it didn't and i mean i think the gamble that red bull actually put out like which for me was almost a strategic masterclass. i think they probably took it from ross brown's notes was i think red bull thought there'd be another accident and that's why they were on the medium tire hoping for another red flag and then to change that tire for that change their medium tires again because that that didn't make sense. You know, we all knew that like with like eight or nine laps to go, that medium tire would be gone. So I think also, I mean, a part of racing is that these crashes do make um, strategic um, agility actually like very interesting. How mm. the teams respond to it, you know. For me, for me, I agree with Mbui when he says like that. But but Formula One has like huge um parities in performance mm. and you know the safety car shouldn't be looked as the only one so i, I think yeah i I, agree with him, I think there's nothing wrong man if someone wants to change tires because someone crashed let them change tires bro <laughs> <laughs> change yours oh, man. too
0: if you have a it's problem like, <laughs> it's like one one, one 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 man's trash is one man's gold now nah? mm no no but it's i get I, I i get that i get that i'm still on the fence about it but i also want to just hear the, the 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 thoughts of you guys who are listening out there and think okay is it really kind of fair or maybe is it like maybe we can take a look at it and see what could happen for the beauty of the racing that we get so let's get your thoughts and comments go beyond the race that we watched yesterday go into the past in other races where such an incident happened. We want to hear all of it. And that has been the F1 because there's been some also questionable decisions regarding the FIA. But hey man, we'll tackle those next week because sorry. sorry a,
4: can a, I can I cut you off there? Trust so, me. So especially with the viewers. Okay, so let's 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 ask this. What's gonna be the alternative? So let's say you can't change and Red Flag. Cool. Mm. So you, you stop the race after 24 laps, there's a crash. Mm-hmm. We all sit stay stationary for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, however long. Then the race starts, and then one, two, three, four laps later, we're all back in the pits again. Like, would they, is that not counterproductive? Is that good for racing? I don't have an answer. I'm just asking that would be the in the alternative. Because you can't say, no, we'll pit stop before the crash, because obviously no one knows when a crash will happen.
2: Yeah. So,
4: mm. you must. I guess you must also ask, what would the alter- alternative look like, and what effects will that have? Maybe it might make things more interesting. Cool. I don't know. Like I said, but uh, I don't know. Actually, you stop for 30 actually. minutes and then a lap or two later, we're all pitting again and it's just chaos. Or let's, if, let's, let's, let's say a crash, sorry, a crash happens in the first yeah. five laps and the pit window is not yet open. It generally opens after about, let's say, 18 to 26 laps, depending on mm-hmm. the okay. So now we must now go for 15 laps on cold tires or Whatever I don't know. It's Formula One is just a very technical, technical sport. Mm. So there, there's a lot to consider. You know what? Actually, I
0: actually liked your question. It made my head sweat a little bit because I couldn't concoct an answer on the spot. <laughs> so I still can't concoct an answer because it's such a technical sport i'll probably come up with one later on when i'm commenting with you guys as the fans who are commenting as well we just want to hear all of your thoughts take on boy's question as well if you are saying that nah man maybe we need to scrap this what would be the better alternative what would happen maybe i'm the only one who has to comment because i'm the one who's against it but maybe someone else is but you know that's the f1 for this week we had touched on the Jeddah circuit, now before we are going into the last race coming next week where both guys are level on terms um, we saw some very aggressive racing from um, Max Verstappen which has earned him several penalties going uh, into the last race what are our thoughts going there because the circuit has been slightly reworked Red Bull were faster this weekend what do you guys think will happen in the next in the next race because now the constructor seems to be out of reach after sergio perez's crash in the last race
3: you see usually um one goes in thinking it's a red bull track or whatever the case may be but th- there have been many of these red bull tracks that we we've lost um mm. max crash as well what impact did it actually have on the car
2: Mm. Uh,
3: and also, man, just I didn't like the way he buckled under pressure. I thought, mate, this is no time to be crashing into walls. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I, I don't see Max winning. Um, but I, I do think he could force a DNF if he doesn't win, and then take the chip that way. But if it's a clean race, if he wants to go about it the clean, way, I think Lewis would definitely take it, mate.
2: Huh.
3: Mui, uh, your
0: your your predictions from our first episode of the season—you had some interesting things to say. Are you still living up to those? Yeah,
4: it's funny MK mentioned that because I did mention one Sunday that look, if push comes to shove, <laughs> someone's just going to lock up mysteriously and just cause a swipe. But let, let, let's let's go with a clean race. Look, and in, the- in, yeah, mes- Mercedes given history. They, they, I think it comes down to qualifying. We know it's a very boring track. It's mm-hmm. a very in circuit. Generally, you, you, you finish where you started. So, I think the championship will be won on the Saturday. I know it's easier said than that, but it's great positions. What do uh-huh. Bottas and Perez do, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. For me, Perez has been quite disappointing this season. You know, I think he's, he's left Max out to dry quite a few times. Whereas, mm. And as much as Bottas catches a lot of hate on social media, he's, he's done a very good job to to support Lewis and to give that buffer. We actually so, saw
0: it in Jeddah this weekend
4: where Max exactly. was having us. Mm. So, and, you, mm-hmm. and so where do you put your verdict then? <sighs> Look, I, I think MK has touched it. I think the nerves, the BMT is getting to Max. The experience is coming through for Lewis. Uh, I'm still going to stick with my... With my Max to take it by some miracle because I'm not a quitter but <laughs> look the, the the goat has shown us why he's the goat I would not be surprised if you if he hey man Max it. Verstappen drove with frozen
0: hands when his father was teaching him so
2: who's <laughs> to say yeah,
0: I, so really, I'm, I take it that you are sticking it with Hamilton
1: look I'm I'm very disappointed in you guys man um how many times should Lewis show you guys that he's the greatest for you to believe how many times but all i'm saying is next week we're lifting it for the eighth time and he's gonna be all on his own no more tied with uh schumacher and i think then mk will be a believer if not then <laughs> hey man i don't know what this what he wants him to do i guess uh, he must
0: we, do it in 2022 as well
1: oh yes mk mk said that he he should move and go rebuild with another team for Him to be considered a great in his a goat in his eyes, but at
0: 36, 35,
1: and, 36, and, and that's what I was saying. You can't expect him to go rebuild at 36, you know, it's gonna take like three, four years. You want him to be, hey, well, guys, you guys are biased. You said Messi and Ronaldo, but Jerry, somewhere else <laughs> <Why is laughs> it...
3: when last did Lewis race before the season? If we've been, Do you, you want 100? Lewis to go race, at uh, at 14, yeah. yeah. in he really and about Who Vettel?
1: Ah, 70. come on, and Ferrari. That was,
3: a, that was, a that was problem. like, wasn't that a forty-point difference in the end? Ah, because on, be-
0: because ah, Vettel did on. Vettel things where he crashed in the rain. He spun several the Ferrari,
3: times. Mate. Lewis hasn't what? had this level of competition in a long ass time. And I argue this against this. Boy, that took him to the wire, bro. And that bang, Ferrari.
2: That Ferrari was
3: open. faster
0: what the ferrari Ferrari was faster than than... Ah, that's what is a virgin ferrari
3: okay sharp let's park this we'll have a discussion on the side everyone knows (laughs) that ferrari's been trash mate that Ferrari was trash it never had a chance against lewis that
0: vessel car you know what this was right this weekend will determine what will happen because Lewis Hamilton was quicker than than, than Verstappen on a harder tyre whilst he was on a medium compound. Couldn't catch up still. So let's see what he's going to do in that last race. But wait, so,
3: uh, well, is, is
0: Hamilton the so guy who's wait, going to on, hold on, Wait, Hold up, hold up, wait. Let me get
3: this straight. Lewis wins, he gets his eighth. You guys are saying he's the GOAT. He doesn't win, loses to a 24-year-old. What does that mean?
4: He's still the GOAT. He's still the (laughs) GOAT. Ah,
3: you dig him. Ah,
2: come on. No, no, but MK,
4: no, he is the GOAT. That's
0: not like. No way. Show me. In no no other season, or in no other way, or who other driver would, after being so behind throughout the whole season, just come back the way he did? Because he was out. He was out five five races ago. Max Verstappen almost had it in the bag. And then things changed all of a sudden. And here we are. Ask Rosberg. He knows that so well.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to keep crashing into the Red Bull, you're going to come it. back eventually. Stop it. Stop come it. Come on. Break checkers. I mean, uh, for me, Lewis will just never be more good than Michael Schumacher. Michael Schumacher built a team, mate. Like, Michael Schumacher took a car that was badly built and actually made it a championship contending team <laughs> that went on to win many chips. Lewis Hamilton has always been in a top-two car. Hmm.
2: Uh-huh. That
3: calculated and, risk he took with Mercedes, there was <laughs> Ross Braun, Nicky Lauda advising him. It, especially I'm Imagine I'm being advised by Ross Braun. Dude, Ross Braun took over uh what was the same guy Honda one in the same Schumacher. year,
0: the chip.
1: Yes,
3: but Ross
0: Braun. Ross Braun
3: was Dude. there.
1: Uh, yeah, in, in Hamilton's first season at Mercedes, they were not a top two car in no,
0: 2013. No, they, not yes, me. they weren't. He finished fourth yeah, in oh,
1: 2013. Yeah. And, and just... did he win? And did he win? He finished fourth in 2013, yeah. exactly. Just... So, you can't say he's always had a top two car,
0: nah, you know. Never and with Ross Braun, actually, with Ross Braun, actually. He was there back in 94 and 95 with benetton when when schumacher won and then yes, schumacher G. stole him to ferrari yes because
3: shumi was putting together a team shumi found a car that was badly built and he, he saw this team has no chance of winning shumi <laughs> you know was riding. shumi ran ferrari mate lose or never lose if he goes to mclaren go to McLaren. McLaren McLaren, aren't far from contesting for a chip. I think they're Lewis Hamilton away. I know you guys are saying he's old, but McLaren are probably one season of Lewis Hamilton um, giving in useful feedback, useful data, this, this, that, rebuild, and then the next season they should be able to contest for a chip. But Lewis is not like that. Lewis wants the fastest car, so he can race a 24-year-old.
2: Next week,
0: he's
2: retiring. You
0: know know what's my favorite? You know what? I'll keep this one on a hold. I enjoyed it. I think I'm going we I'm going we're all going to enjoy it more next week when the final race has been done to see if whether the 24-year-old Outpept experience or maybe experience came through. So to all of you stay tuned for next stay tuned for next week. Next week will be the episode because it's the episode after the conclusion of an enthralling season. Buffetu, thank you for coming through to this one shumi versus hamilton hamilton versus max verstappen red bull versus mercedes who's going to win we don't know we'll find out next week that's a great start to the show as we move on to some football news uh, football as it stands last week things were so nice chelsea were at the top and you know i'm sorry i'm a chelsea fan so i will speak about it then all of a sudden, I wake up today to find that they third. <laughs> Manchester City have toppled them and Liverpool come close second after they are lost to West Ham 3-2. Now, this is the second time that West Ham have won 3-2 against the big club. The first being against Liverpool. They're some five points away from Manchester City. But we know that those three teams are just on a level of their own. But my question to you now gentlemen is that it's 15 games into the season are west ham actually the real deal going as as the season going do do, do we see them actually contesting for european football or possibly top three who knows um how, are we seeing this team qualified for europe are they the real thing anyone
2: uh...
1: Um look, I I don't see them qualifying for Europe, I think they won't have the legs to go uh the full 38 games. Um mm-hmm. but look they are they putting in a real good shift. Um and for it's a good first half of the season. Uh what, eight points off the top. Mm-hmm. Um, 15 games in. It's it's not that bad really. Um but they they can qualify for Europe, just not just not Champions League. I don't see them qualifying for Champions League. I think we'll still see the same teams um, getting into Champions League next season uh, that are there this season.
0: Mm, It's interesting you say that they don't have the legs because when we take it back for my four four years ago when um, Leicester were out here with with a very semi-mediocre team, you could say. Um, and they basically had a consistent run of the same 11 throughout the 38 games up until they found themselves winning the league. Barring the fact that it wasn't the most quality league given the points scored, but what would you then say is the difference between that Leicester team and this West Ham team? Why can't they not then stick it out at the top? Uh, I'm I'm most of the
4: same view. Sorry, I'm going... Also, given no. the fact that, that they're in Europa now, you know that I think mm. we're we'll discussing this over the weekend, you know, of air mm. squad depth. Do they have the squad depth um, playing? You know, midweek games, playing weekend. We're getting to December now. December madness is, is going to show teams of fire. Mm. Um, I also, yeah, Champions League not for me, but mm. Europa League is is, is possible. Buffet, these guys just beat the two teams that are the hardest to beat this
0: season. And they weren't too bad against Manchester City last week and that's no when they lost two one. Like that one goal they scored seemed to be inevitable. It was bound to come. What's been different when you go to the other teams? Because when you look at the teams that they've lost to West Ham, they've lost to Manchester United. They were pretty oh, inspired. Yes, GT. GT. They've <laughs> they've lost to <laughs> They They lost to Brentford and needless to Brentford when the season started, they were on fire beating Arsenal, beating Chelsea, you know. So, losing to Brentford at the beginning of the season, it's not too bad. And I don't understand w- w- why. I don't, except for the squad depth, what other thing could you say is missing? Then for them to remain that top, because it's pretty refreshing seeing a new team contest with the big guys. Or is Manchester United well on its way after its one 0 victory last over the weekend?
1: Nah, man. United uh, United is gonna sort out the the issues. Um, I think mm. uh, with Ralph coming in, I think even if Ole had stayed, they were still gonna sort out those issues. Um, mm. with Ralph That's coming, big, in bold words, bro. Nah, I... <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they they weren't gonna win the league. They weren't gonna yeah. top three, but they were gonna sort out their issues, you know. Yeah. Um, so I really look with Ralph also coming in as a breath of fresh, a new coaching team as well. I mm. really that they will sort out their things, but also with the West Ham game um, against Chelsea, um, it's not a loss that I'm really surprised about because. Okay. Chelsea doesn't really do well at London Stadium. Um, mm. uh, it's and it's something that I actually noticed. I actually went and researched about it. So okay, Tell in a small thesis, right? <laughs> no, no, no. So <laughs> in, the, in the Premier League era, right? Um, yeah. League and cup game, they've played each other fifty-six times, uh, mm-hmm. and lost. Chelsea's lost seventeen of those games, right? And mm-hmm. of the seventeen that they've lost, twelve have been away to West Ham, so whenever we do go away to West Ham, we it's a loss is not, it's not something that's um something that's out of the blue wow we lost no 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 uh so it is it's a result that i didn't expect um but it is a surprising one as well because we were playing well um mm. but yeah it's I hey man it is what it is and we, we're still gonna bounce back
0: there are cries of saying people saying that virginia must take a chill pill after course costing basically two goals uh the one the one last weekend and this one where he gave a very dodgy pass to Mandy. are uh, those mm-hmm. calls justified Those is been more to the man he is ufo player of the year after all <laughs> no, I, don't,
1: I don't think they're justified you know every player makes mistakes here and there it's just unfortunate for him it's been two costly mistakes in two games in a row mm-hmm. um but i don't believe no they're not justified we know he's a he's a class act he he knows how to play the game um and also even if he does get dropped uh what do we then do because Kova and cancer are injured so where do we turn to you know um hmm. it's a really unjustified calls uh, i think it's just reactionary fans who don't really watch the game they just watch super sport blitz and <laughs> no it's it's always those reactionary ones who they they always calling for people's heads to get chopped and they don't even watch the game they just see the results or they see highlights and, and they're like "Ha, huh. yeah you you can't you know there's certain things you can't argue with certain people
0: let's see buffett let's go let's let, let, let's go because now we, we're touching on midfielders and you know all of those things Fred scored a, a very good goal, like actually for Manchester United, <laughs> and he's he's been having calls since the beginning of the season, uh, Lord Fred. Manchester United players uh, or supporters for the past two games, it seems like the man hasn't been doing too shabby for himself. Or is it also highlights people who think that he's been coming well?
3: Ah, Fredinho, you found his Brazilian passport. <laughs> <laughs> I've been very critical of Fred. Um and mm. I'm not I'm not about to jump on the bandwagon yet. Um but um if you recall when we recorded last week, I did say I think Fred's the type of player that actually does fit into a Ralph Ragnick uh system for the way he works and the way mm. he presses. I did not mm. see the call coming. Um I think the game against Arsenal uh his second half um, covered the clacks of the first half. The mm. first half is why I was still not I'm still not convinced about Fred because I haven't seen a game outside of this one against Crystal Palace where Fred starts the game well. He gets his passes away, Um, especially forward-going passes. You know, the sideway passes um, are Mm -hmm. always easy to make, but the forward-going passes, the key passes, you know, like the pass before the assist or at Mm -hmm. least the pass before a clear-cut chance, I haven't Mm -hmm. seen any of that, but I'm happy that he got us the three points. I think he had a great game um i'm still hoping january transfer window comes in and man united gets uh, a better midfielder though because fred and like who company. from
4: the tip of your <clears throat> tip
3: of your tongue so i've always wanted a ruben Nevis if we we're going to play with like two defensive mates right and i think mm. it's mainly because i like ruben Nevis's passing ability he's been in the league okay. for a while um i know he's probably a bit off form this season but mm. uh i still appreciate his him as a footballer you know but who i would go for because i think it's going to be free in the window, is toliso from Bayern munich Ooh. Yeah. that
0: would be an interesting one does that then mean that uh, even if it doesn't happen let's say it does or it doesn't happen manchester united are still toppling west ham for top four
3: Probably, mate. I mean, Mbui is completely right with that. Uh, you is you, not like UEFA, mate. You you play on Thursday, mm. you're traveling, um, you know, you, there's play to recover. And then before you know mm. it, you have another game on Saturday or on Sunday. You know, the, mm. the there was a time when we were doing this with Jose Mourinho, and eventually, like, by the time we got to the final, our players mm. were on crutches, you know? So, if, if West Ham has a deep run in Europa, even if it's like quarterfinals, I think the league mm. will be taking a knock at the expense of that. Um, also, man, but I think J-Lings might go there in January. So, that could really boost their squad if it does. But mm. I, I just don't think that um, when the season goes on, man, you won't make top four. That that's That's more it, though, than West Ham and... I think they they've had a very very impressive start to the season and it's it's good for them especially declan rice he's my dream midfielder man i, I don't know how why chelsea player. have not snatched such up that boy i don't know what chelsea are waiting for give, but give because he'll cost 80, like 120 because he'll cost it's, like million. football in 2021 man you guys make <laughs> <it for laughs> the way for dog i don't in get the- roman the- Come he'll on,
0: cost, he'll cost 100 million dollars, will cost 100 million pounds given how England tax has been going over the life past G.
3: We spent 80 yeah. on Maguire, <laughs> <laughs> life <laughs> goes on. Gee, I'd, I'd get because you see, now with these piling injuries, you might you guys might end up starting with Saul. And Saul has shown us like on numerous games, he just doesn't fit right well into Chelsea's system. Now, mm. if Ngolo's injured, Cover's injured um Joachimio's making all these dumb mistakes but imagine if now someone else gets injured
1: then Saul becomes a midfielder and you don't get uh, someone in chat no we'll just we'll just recall uh Gilmore in January no problem
0: come back little man we love him <laughs> we love him and and i i hear you guys you know speaking about um speaking about you know Declan Rice and how much he had cost paying 80 million pounds for 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 Harry Maguire, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'd actually want to go on a different tangent from that because you've touched on a very interesting point when you speak about player injuries and player workloads, which might be the reason why West Ham don't see the, their performance through. So I want to know, Buffett. I want to know. I'm very interested. Um, many teams do have younger players, hung, hungry players, uh, it's not like teams lack the depth of filling in a, a, a player per se. Everyone was thinking that Chelsea have some solid squad depth. If you lose a player, you know another one can slip in because it's a very systematic style of play under Thomas Tuchel. But here we are. Teams, teams are going down because several key players are not available to start. So, like, like Cho Rao, Ungolo, Kante. Um, you know, so we, we, we did, there are those injuries happening. We saw that major thing happening last year with Liverpool where basically their whole club was child and they couldn't play. So, but wait, so I want to know what's causing so many players? What could be the cause of so many players um, just losing their legs? And wouldn't it work if teams rotated or coaches rotated their squad a touch more frequently given that the league is 38 games and then there are some matches in between as well and you remember Bruno Fernandes crying last year, people crying over Pedri being overworked, certain players being overworked. Like, how how do we deal with this certain situation if you well had the cap of the coach?
1: So... uh, you're gonna go boy
4: now you can go tom
1: firstly the schedule is way too packed there's too many games happening um especially with them trying to move things around to fit in the world cup properly there's too Mm -hmm. many games happening at a quick rate and also with international breaks happening it's it's just messing with the players as well the players aren't getting enough time to rest in the summer Mm. Um, and even now with the december schedule here and all these games that keep on happening it's just the schedule is way too packed and obviously that does hamper with um the the well-being of the players and their bodies uh and i think one thing that we were talking about with U- Ukoza um is that mm. look the in, um the FA should just scratch uh this should scrap the Carabao Cup um Oh, what? Uh, the... Man City though. No, no, no. Like <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> honestly it's, there's, there's no need for that, that the, the prize money is a hundred thousand pounds right firstly um, I, don't think, I don't think uh it, it warrants um adding more games into the into the fixed into the fixture list and risking player injuries and then you start the fa cup earlier instead of starting it around jan or december whenever it starts just start the mm. fa cup earlier scratch the carabao cup and it opens up games for it opens up time to rest, finish the season earlier, whatever they decide to do, but it's less games in the in the calendar, and you'll see less player injuries going on. Like, and I don't it's it's such it's a business that focuses so much on money that they really don't care about the player well being. Um, and I think football needs a players' union like the NBA, who would be able to fight these this on the players' behalf if they don't already have one. If they hmm. do not doing a really good job. <laughs> actually that's a great
0: one like a players union mr Mbuyi, you had one you had one thing to say
4: yeah look i think we, we we more or less said the same thing i was also going to touch on that the workload because if you look at the type of injuries more often than not um it just goes to show that it, it its body is taking strain you know it's not mm. everyone was out with a broken leg for six to nine months that's that's a more um mm. english is running away from me but a more unique situation you know that's mm. not your injury, but hamstrings, groins, you know, twists and strains. There's a lot strain. of contact injuries as well. Exactly, little niggles here and there. And also, if you think about it, workload, the top players, when you have your international break, when it's meant to be a rest in the bit of commas, they're going to play for their nation. And mm. again, you're not playing one game. If it's World Cup qualifiers, AFCON, Bureau, whatever, you often play two games that week, or you play a friendly and then the qualifier. So, it, again, you're playing week in, week out, week in. Even for us, when we see a break on Premier League or whatever, the players are still training. They are still... Even training is not as intense, but it puts a strain on your body. And that recovery time over over and time... Awesome.
1: Bielsa. Yeah, but even
4: Bielsa, like Leeds now, they're falling off. They're, they're challenge mm-hmm. unsustainable. Yep. With Liverpool's club last season, that's how they burnt out. They had good, what, two or three impact seasons, and then they hit the brick wall. So... I agree with Fenel, it's definitely the intensity, it's the workload, It's they, they're just setting them up for failure, really. So then
0: at times we see the international break like going for like two weeks at most. Um, so you're leaving FIFA with a, in a very tight spot here. How does FIFA then put in their international schedule in between the league to ensure that what needs to happen for the World Cup happens and what needs to happen for the FIFA rankings happens.
4: Uh, they must uh, rework the calendar. Somehow.
3: MK? Uh, look, I mean, it's a tough one and I think that's why they're considering having the World Cup like every two years. Uh, they're probably just going to get to a point where it, it's like the only international tournament probably Mm -hmm. that's played maybe they're gearing up for that but um for me right i don't i don't actually see uh what's wrong with the with the with the fixture list and i don't agree like with the final and we on the carabao cup okay i just think that these player these teams should be using it as a as an opportunity to give youth players um very very good minutes in fact For me, I don't see why it shouldn't be for bench and youth players only. But, um, of course, you get there, you're probably like in Man use shape, where you've not taken off well, now you're trying to use the car bounce back. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I think these guys play a lot of games as much as the next guy. And I think United will start suffering injuries with the change in system now to, Mm. to Ralph Ragnick. But at the same time, I'm more like, these guys are footballers, bruh. Why why does KDB um, have like Handash? Why does Neymar um always every year we come he comes back, he's putting on more weight. Jaden Sancho after the lockdown he came back, he had a bit more weight. I don't know why. I'm not saying get to a Cristiano Ronaldo level of looking after yourself, but this is a mm. job. You know, this is a job at the end of the day. All these gents have to do is look after their bodies. And I don't get why no one is ever as hard on footballers. Footballers, you find that when there's a change in the discipline, like one of the things Wenger did so well when he joined Arsenal was remove sugar. One of the things Konte had to do at Spurs now is remove ketchup. You know, when Ronaldo had what? joined Man United, when Ronaldo joined Man United, the hotel, the first thing everyone was get to go get dessert. You know what I'm saying? I'm like... But these Yo. guys are footballers professional athletes uh, is the intensity is crazy i agree but at the same time isn't the only thing you should do look up their body retire at the age of 35 and live off all the millions you've made kicking a ball you know what that's fair because these guys sometimes i forget that the hundreds and thousands that they talk
0: about <laughs> is money that they're getting paid on a weekly basis
3: damn it so for me I, i'm just devil's advocate with this mm-hmm. one i'm pro government um with the with the fixed intensity make the money that's how these guys get paid anyway from these tv rides these guys must just look after their bodies man you know that's in just... a way
0: i low-key agree with you on that one uh when i K. um i watch a lot i i follow a lot of boxing and the one thing that boxers keep on preaching is is discipline hard work and discipline because these guys get weighed in, like being overweight by an by a by a quarter of a of a pound or a quarter of a kg, and you're already in trouble with the with the with the fights and with the with the regulators of the sports. So, buffet to you, MK and boy, why can't that be the same thing again? Yeah, is MK
1: being a bit unfair? Look, I I, I believe so. Because at the end of the day, you you want your players operating at 100% every single game. Um, and already with, I think that's even one of the reasons why Super League was a thing, was because with the amount of games these guys play, the amount of money that they bring into these football associations, both Uefa, the FA, um, La Liga, all, and they're just not reaping those rewards from it, you know? Um, hmm. Besides, obviously, winning the trophy and getting whatever prize money you get, but they're putting their bodies through a whole lot just for those governing bodies to get all the money and then they yes they do get a lot of money if you think about it but it's it's not a relationship that's that's worth it um and yeah mk is saying they must milk them for their money Ah, i mean when when perez came and he said he's on a team, what was it 500 billion each or whatever amounts for super league it was a problem. They were saying now we're making money, the ethos of football. But now, when it's time for fixtures to be added into a schedule or whatever, now it's a money thing. I think really, it's they should start looking at the players' well-being as well, which is more important. Um, because at the end of the day, man, yes, you'll never run out of players, but you want your fittest players to, you want your best players to be fit all around. You don't want to have a situation where you buy a player and then he turns out like a hazard now, just because of fixture um, fixtures being packed and intensity of training and all that. No, but hazard, it? it's burger cake. Ah, but that's in the summer. But he 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 he, he, he always says that his summer is his summer, <laughs> so he uses it like a summer. No, no, from my side,
4: I I I agree that look. Luke... Players, you know, you have discipline and, you know, they must also pull their weight. But no, you, you have to look out, look look after them. I mean, flip the scenario, look at us in corporate. Yeah, we have a certain job, we've got certain responsibilities. But equally, man, our companies must also look after us, like you can't expect us to go beyond certain bounds. So I think we must also just be fair and, and, and look at this thing holistically. Um, so I think there is merit to both sides. 100% the players do have a responsibility to... Like MK says, eat well, rest well. Um, not like in some Southern African countries where you're going to the club the day before a game. You know, things like that, fair enough. But then the schedule must also align for you. So I think there's a there's a bit of give and take on both sides.
2: It seems like,
4: yeah, seems like we've, we've lost our host someone's gonna have to jump in here. Yeah. yeah i think
0: awesome stuff uh technical issues as you'd expect in this new virtual world but by to there have been two in-depth discussions Um, you as the viewer out here we also want to hear your thoughts like are West Ham the real deal can they really really stick up to the top and how can we make sure that the league remains competitive by making sure that the players stay competitive because at the end of the day teams want to make sure that their best players are always fielded for 38 games in a row we want to hear your thoughts maybe some of you have worked in fitness before in sports physiology know more than us Let's hear what you have to say It's the final four. Follow us on that at Goyasha Media. Let's share those ideas and concepts and thoughts of it. So that has been the football. That has been the Formula One. The last sports that we want to touch on this week is the NBA. Because we touched on it last week when we were making predictions over the Golden State Warriors. We were talking about those guys and the Phoenix Suns them being arguably the two best teams in either conference in the entire NBA. So we have two dub nation supporters and our two lovers of basketball. Me being the third who's low slowly building his way up. But fair to, um GSW won the first game. I go well, Suns won the first game and they lost the second one when uh, Devin Booker went down on the first. I'm not saying that that's the cause. You guys know better. So let's just touch upon about that first time the Warriors have been held to less than 100 points, and then followed by breaking the Suns' winning streak. Let's can 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 we break down some of those thoughts for
1: Yeah, look, it was it was a great game. Uh, we woke up for it. I, I made sure I woke I woke up for that game. Um, because I knew it was going to be a great game. And it didn't disappoint. Uh, Yeah, it was like, what, 5am for us, But it it didn't disappoint, man. Um, Mm. It was worth it. Um, And look, firstly, I want to just say that the only disappointing thing of that game was um, Steph's performance. Uh, He just didn't get going. Um, And, you know, these these things happen to the best of players. It it Mm. is what it is. But... If you, if you just look at that game, I think even after, once Devin Booker went down, um, the Suns knew that, okay, offensively now we, we're we a bit thin, you know. Um, yes, he only had 10 points when he went down, but he was still playing a great game, contributing um, on and off the ball. But mm. they just knew that we need to now change it up and we will we'll see how we win the game. And they focused a lot on their defence. Mikhail Bridges played a great game on defence um Mm -hmm. held Steph down, you know. I think there was a time where Steph got blocked like twice (laughs) uh in the same like almost in the same possession. So it was yeah, once he went once Devin Booker went down, they focused a lot on the defense and it really showed where they 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 kept them under hundred points. But also the fact that in the sec in the fourth quarter Golden State only scored 18 points, you know. Um, Mm. And even in the in the third they only scored 24 points. And we all know that Golden State's the third quarter is where they usually do their thing. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a sour result as a Golden State fan, but like I said, literally as that game finished, I said that they're not gonna they're not gonna beat them twice in a row. Um, and they played them again on Saturday morning, yeah. Friday evening in the US, and they were playing the Golden State Warriors at home um and golden state did what they do you know and they won that game convincingly even yes devon booker was out but they still won that game convincingly uh steph had a better performance and it was just golden state doing golden state things and you know onwards and upwards from there we are loving it i thought you were gonna put more emphasis on how actually
0: before i even give my thoughts um what about the Phoenix Suns' defense in the first game, Mr. MK? Oh,
3: it was crazy, mate. Uh, Mikael Bridges, uh, DeAndre Ayton, we couldn't, we couldn't. As- oh, what's good? Sorry, <clears throat> Mikael Bridges. What he was doing on Steph was crazy, um, mm. so much that I think they got into Steph's head eventually. Because there's some looks that usually drop for Steph that he actually couldn't hit so mm. that led to him having an off night um at the rim uh d'andre 18 was huge um and I, I think another thing is a lot of us have been saying like the Suns had a fluke season last year there were injuries this that mm. this that but we, in saying that we actually forget that they are actually a really really good team you know so i thought when when deepok went out for them to like still play the way they did they showed they showed what uh, um last year's finals would be Um, contenders were actually made of, you know. So, I Mm. think the Suns are actually a formidable force. I've overlooked them, but I think that's why the first game went down the way it did. The second one, um, yeah, Fanele is definitely right, man. The team was just a lot more organized. Steph also was making his shots a lot more than he did in the first game. I wasn't Mm. entirely impressed with his shooting, same as against the Spurs. I don't know. Ever since my boys been like so close to this record Uh, like why is not hitting the pressure but i mean also, nah yes Dev, maybe there's pressure but at the same time you know it's just he's just hitting less compared to his own standard which is an insane Mm. standard you get otherwise he's still putting out decent points you know because i think against the spurs he hit like 27 points so MK, did you did you say he's putting up less threes yeah. No yeah. worries, bro. Against the Suns, he didn't shoot well the first game. The second game <laughs> wasn't as. Um, what. How many points did he come out with? I think it was, what, 24 in the second game. Yeah. Against the Spurs, he came out with 27, but you should check his field goal percentage and how we actually lost the game in the fourth quarter.
1: Do you, do you want him to average 35 points? No, I just want him to average at least six threes a game. Because no, he he no, no, he'll no. mostly shoot outside though, <laughs> but you're asking for a lot. You can't. He's not going to average six threes a game.
3: Why not? He's, this oh. is the thing I have like against Steph Curry. I won't lie to you. And that's why KD is the best player in the world for me. This guy is the greatest shooter of all time, bruh.
2: Mm-hmm. Shooting
3: to this guy comes so easy. Why is it that can't be? i don't want to say in uh, inconsistent because it's very consistent with his shooting right but why is it that whenever the team's against the war they can't turn run a play give it to steph to make that three-pointer i don't get it why is it steph can't take the game away with a three-pointer i just never get that about steph i'm not saying it's not clutch but if if a game's in the fourth quarter under two minutes we need Steph to make this three-pointer what Good. he did against new orleans um the other year he doesn't always do that bruh. even against the spurs we were there we just needed like one three-pointer to keep us in the game they gave it to steph he missed then he he, he breaked another one again so hmm. i don't know man but maybe so i might be not be the player
0: that we thought we were or when i'm no playing, he definitely like,
3: is he definitely is it's just for me kd is is still better than Steph? Because Katie's
1: clutch. okay Katie, uh, I'm, I'm uh, disappointed, MK.
2: Yeah,
3: I understand, mate. No, I understand. Yes, Wait, because... why, why are you why are you disappointed me?
0: I don't understand. I'm He's sure five point four three
1: points oh, a game. Is averaging five point four three pointers a game? Do you understand? The shooter of all time. Yes, but, five, but three you points a game. Like, he's averaging, and that's on 40% shooting. So 40% of those threes that he puts up, he gets them in, right? And for a person who shoots that much volume, okay, that's when you see a you good know, man. This guy, he's he's doing a lot. So if you look at the volume, don't look at now, ugh, he's only making 5.4. Um, he's shooting 13, bro. If he was shooting 25 and making 5.4, I'd understand if you want him to average six. He's shooting 13 threes a game. And he's averaging 5.4 in. Like, I get what you... No, I don't understand even. I'm not going to lie.
3: <laughs> nah, mate. Steph is crazy. Don't get me wrong. The best shooter of all time. Uh, all I'm saying is that as much as he, he hits these three-pointers, they are great to watch and see. But when a game is, is like, very, very tight and we need one three-pointer to win it, I can only think of the new orleans game where steph has been that guy to make that three-pointer so 2016 wasn't that guy exactly and that's my point in the last minute you have to give it to steph curry but how many times how many times has steph curry actually ever pulled a ray allen look uh
1: 2020 2021 season so last season he averaged 5.3 threes per game yeah right The season before that, uh, I'm I'm just pulling these up as it goes. The season before that, that was the season where he was injured, right? So, Mm -hmm. not even on the list. That's the season where he was out. Yeah. And then the season before that, 5.1 threes per game. Okay. No one else averages five threes a game besides Steph Curry no one 100 percent like you're right. even even in the season where um in the 2017 18 season he wasn't first I think he only had 212 threes in that season but he averaged 4.2 okay and 51 games 4.2 like no one averages the numbers that this guy averages in threes bro like He's insane. 100%. Mate. So you want him to go over and above the history that he's currently
3: teaching now? No, mate. I like what you raised. The first point you brought up was last year. Last year, Steph put up the numbers he did that you were saying. LeBron James hits that three point on him. Last player
1: of the game. Why couldn't Steph answer? So you're saying you you want Steph to be more clutch at three? Yeah, dog. He's like the clean.
3: Yes, that's all I'm asking for from the greatest shooter of all time. I don't think that's either used their
1: though. And I'm asking for LeBron to take free throws in the last minute of the game. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> it's, it's
0: Why are you nothing. bringing LeBron to this discussion?
1: Nah, One he brought in LeBron, so I'm going to carry on with LeBron. Yeah, like LeBron doesn't take clutch free throws. And so he doesn't put himself in that position where now he's going to be on the free throw line with tw- 10 seconds in the game and he needs to make both of them to win the game right but he he shoots up the three because oh if it goes in it goes in steph shoots threes the whole game bro and they go in right free throw line he's there the threes he's there like mk wants one dagger three in a game and ah, my man i'm happy with the 5.4 he's currently chucking now
3: Ah, but so don't you think don't you think he, that's like something we should be getting from the
1: greatest shooter ever? Though yeah, he's already giving us a lot. He's already giving us a lot. Like you want Harry that Irving, to 2016 like shot? You don't
3: want Steph to have that kind of gene? G. Nah. In Carrie Irving says, "Give me the ball, I'll shoot it from here." He makes the shot. You don't want that from Steph.
1: Hey, man, we see a game in came out. Like, those guys, it's one, one, one career play. Uh, Ray Allen, that one career play with Miami. Not, I'm not saying he didn't have any, like, that's his one career play. But that's the one that's spoken about a lot because obviously it impacted LeBron's legacy at the time. Um, but ugh, there's so many things that Steph has done. There's so many things that Claire have done. Even if it's not like a dagger three at the end of the game, there's so much that they've done that people can actually talk about there was that one game the game against um Oklahoma in tw- it was 2016. Oklahoma it was overtime he literally dribbles just over halfway and he hits the three to win the game right yes it was a regular season game but it's still a dagger three yeah in the last second of like, last seconds of the game so it doesn't like doesn't like Golden State win their games way before the end of the fourth quarter Exactly. So you, you barely find Steph playing in the fourth quarter sometimes because the game is already blown out. Right? Hmm.
3: Well, not always bash and, and it's for not, me as, that's my problem. As of problem. late,
1: yes. As of late, not mm-hmm. late, but it's what we've become accustomed to. So your so, problem now, MK?
3: No, my problem for instance, um, every time that it doesn't go like the way you just said, where Golden State blow out a team, right? It goes down to the wire. My only problem is, and I understand that I'm asking a lot from Steph, because Steph is probably averaging like close to 30. He's probably 28.7 or somewhere there. Mm-hmm. It's like, mate, those games where it is actually tight, and you're the greatest shooter of all time. Can you just make the three-pointer that wins us the game? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I just, Maybe I'm asking a lot, but I genuinely <laughs> don't think so. From you the greatest shooter of all time, G. You see, that you OKC game finally speaks of why can't we have more of that from Steph, G. I don't get it, man. This man this man can pull up from 30, this man can pull up from 40, but you're telling me we have like under one minute, the score is 98 97. We can't give this ball to Steph to make it
2: 198?
1: It mm. <laughs> does. It just, just doesn't make it all the time. You and know what?
0: You know what, Buffett, you know what, Buffett. Uh I feel like if we if if we let this go, it's gonna go on forever. And in some sort of way, uh, given the time that we have spent, I believe that this was the last discussion that we have and it ended up being an interesting one because it's an actual debate. Is Dev Curry where's the is Def Curry like? Does is he missing something to take Golden State over the bar? No. When I'm sorry, you saying no? okay no. saying yeah. Is he's that he's no, not missing
3: no. it's just also, hard to make think... the point I was making, Oaks. I'm not saying Steph is missing everything. I just wish he was more clutch. That's you all. wish yeah.
0: more more clutch. And yeah. just to raise a point, he is we, we people are busy comparing it to his MV to his unanimous two thousand and fifteen season where he was actually shooting his pure percentage shooting was fifty percent. Mm shooting at 50% serious efficiency and this season he's shooting at 44 um, which is just a touch less, not bad but a touch less so I will not open the floor gentlemen I will open the floor to the people who are listening to the podcast who, are, who have reached the way we have reached because if I keep it with you we are going to talk forever considering the fact that we are out of time so gents I'd like to close it here.
1: Uh, One last thing before we close. cut
0: me for just adding one more thing.
1: One last thing before we close, yeah? Um, Look, Steph is 22 three points away from tying Ray Allen for the most three points he's made in NBA career. Mm -hmm. Ray Allen played 1,300 games. Steph has played 784 games. So, look, that's, that's a really great stat. And By the end of this season he'll be head and shoulders above but by the time he retires i think Hmm. i don't see anyone actually catching Steph. um by the time he retires if you look at the amount of games that he's actually played now and the amount of threes he's had so we are witnessing greatness but mk just wants that one that one One extra thing
0: just to to immortalize the man even further to make the statue from silver
3: to gold (laughs) <laughs> you know what i mean
4: yeah, go to platinum, even <laughs> yeah, to maybe what,
3: i am asking for a lot
0: mate. To whatever. maybe you're not asking for a lot maybe there's someone out there who's saying the same thing like yeses yeah, curry bro just take us over the line when things are a little bit tough but also he'll have like three people guarding him at the same time but hey these are the discussions that we want to hear and want to hear from you people whoever you are listening to our show Steph Curry man when you give him the ball do you want him to get that ball on that last minute when the team has to win or he's already doing enough to make sure that the team does what it needs to do we want to hear your thoughts you've heard MK saying his share you've heard Umsu saying his and you've heard my little one center hopefully Umbo, you will get to a day where he understands basketball enough to join us in our conversations so hey, we will make it a point we will make it a point here at the final four to teach all of you guys about the beautiful game that is basketball. Because if you can understand football, trust me, you can understand basketball. Am I wrong, gents?
1: Not at all, man. Not at all. Uh, you know? Not wrong. Spot on.
0: So, we're going to do a thing where we try to
1: educate you as our fans
0: to what the game is about and all these other sports and other technicalities that are within the sports. And as you've heard, As you have heard, today's episode was filled with much more conceptual thoughts. Hey man, started with the F1, incredible race, you know, and it's going into a very high cliffhanger into the final race with both drivers on equal points. The English Premier League, can West Ham actually keep it up? Um, And how can the teams make sure that they handle their players in such a way that, you know, they are able to carry on? Doing what they are doing, not out of injuries. Can they be managed better? Can they take care of themselves better? And lastly, the NBA was something to talk about as the two best teams in the league so far took each other on. And that has been the show. We want to hear what your thoughts are on all of these things that we have talked about. Gentlemen, final remarks on our show
3: today. <laughs> for wow. me, man, I just can't believe I attacked both Lewis and Steph in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> but hey man, it uh, <laughs> was a dope uh,
1: one. Uh, like a
0: movie. legend <laughs> of either sports, man. You're out here. Legend nah, like I was
1: saying, I think I think MK really needs to get drug tested, um, because those COVID meds are clearly laced uh, for the thoughts that he's giving us in this episode. <laughs> mr mr talk you know that
4: I love you my brother you know I love you so much uh for your final remarks on the game yeah no, on the no, episode yes I, I wasn't expecting that one but wait no I think it was a good one i think um like you mentioned we, we we did cover quite a lot and I think yeah but there was a lot more substance substance to this one and yeah I think going forward there'll be a lot more of these so people should just stay tuned in give us their feedback and we will incorporate this as best we can lovely 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 stuff but wait so that has been the
0: fifth episode of our third season in the final four podcast tune in to our show throw in your comments Throw in your thoughts because your thoughts will obviously make us better because beyond doing this for ourselves, we're doing it for you to make sure that you have the best sporting insight, commentary, and entertainment. Brought to you proudly by the Final Four, who are kindly sponsored by Kuyasha Media, who are transforming the world of media. One post, one event, and one project at a time. to it has been a lovely show. Catch you next week. We love you all and see you soon for our next episode of The Final Four. Blessings to you all. Bendula Makubane here with our panelists, Mbui, MK, and Mr. Sueli We love you. Until the next one. Blessings.